Hey everyone, it's James Lynch here at Lynch on Sports on social media, and you are listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host today, Justin Williams. And we had a bit of a technical issue. Kobe is with me. He's in spirit, so he'll be asking his questions through me via Instagram because... There was just, you know, like I said, a hiccup, but I am not alone because, you know, my abandonment issues and stuff. We have with us today a very famous ring announcer for both uh, Invicta. He's been around the world, actually. I'll let him tell his story, but, you know, I've seen him on Invicta personally. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Joe A. Martinez. Joe, how you doing? <laughs> Thank you for saying my last name correctly. I appreciate that. Doing great, man. Glad to finally be uh, connected with you, Justin. <laughs> Thank you so much. How do how do people usually say your name? I'm curious. Well, I'm from California, so it's always been Martinez, which is the proper way. That's been a kind of an ongoing joke um, with the UFC DJ and and myself. I had shared that with him. Mm-hmm. How you know when I moved out to Georgia, I was received or said my name was supposed to sound like to them. So now he calls me Martinez. So, hey, Martinez, where are we going to eat tonight? Um, but yeah, there's actually a town in Georgia named Martinez, and they call it Martinez. And I spoke to a woman from there, and I had asked her, where are you located? She says, I'm in Martinez. Do me a favor. Let's, let's change the culture over there and change it to Martinez, because it was found by, founded by a Cuban who is, uh, you know. There you go. Of Spanish descent. I'll do that for you, Mr. Martinez. Yeah. We love that. So Kobe actually has the first question, and he wants to know, how are ring announcers paid for huge pay-per-views? Same way as if I was doing it in the backyard, I guess, um, by check or wire. <laughs> so it's like a flat rate almost? or uh, I mean, for me, I think it's just different uh, levels of fights. Some promotions offer maybe a little bit more money for a larger event. And then it scales down from there, mm-hmm. uh, probably based on not necessarily years of service, but maybe uh, demand. Sure. You know, if you're the first choice, obviously you're going to be probably getting the, the most coin. Yep. Yeah. But there's, I don't think there's any one set rate. I believe everybody makes a different amount, you know, and sometimes we compare notes. But uh, <laughs> if somebody was to ask me, hey, what should I charge for this show? I'm like, well, how many shows have you done? Well, it's my, my third. Uh, I don't know, maybe. 200 bucks, 500 bucks. Oh, is that it? Oh man. You know, it's a, it's a grind, man. It really is to, to make it a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to really, I would recommend having a real job before oh. trying to make this something that would be sustainable. Okay. As your livelihood. And was this something you were always interested in or did you have a quote unquote real job before? I, I graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism mm-hmm. and, I was announcing professional baseball at the time, so I kind of aspired to be an announcer, but it was more along the lines of sports news. I was uh, 
you know, Stuart Scott Finn, Craig Kibbleborn, Dan Patrick, those guys back in the day on ESPN. And that was kind of the way I thought I would go in my career. After I graduated, I interned at an ABC affiliate and didn't, I never did a stand up. I never did anything that would promote me into that capacity. I was stuck. Uh, editing film, or, you know, editing, editing video, writing copy, t- running a teleprompter for newscast, and uh, wasted three months of my life working for free yeah. without any uh, true path. So I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one and, and ended up going back to baseball. But every time I've tried to work in an actual job, I, I just have been pulled back into ring announcing in, in some form or another, you know, and and it's just kind of the way it's gone for me, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's always been a grind. It's always been a grind. I feel that as a stand-up comedian myself, I have to do shows right now in like places that just nobody wants to go to. But it's what pays. Like Madison Square Garden isn't calling my name yet, but uh, Macon, Georgia is. So, like, hey, come on, that's <laughs> that's right by me, man. Come on down here. Uh, I was there oh, 2018. I was in Macon, Georgia, doing a show. Okay, and. Uh, Nice people. I went to a church after. It was it was very fan friendly. How did your uh, yeah? How did your your jokes go there? Uh, it went decently well, actually. They say I have a Canadian accent, so anytime I said anything, they just loved it. Yeah. They're like, "You're so Canadian!" Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Like I don't know. They're just like, "Say words." <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yeah. So, do you have an agent then? I do not. Um, I did for a short period of time uh, back in two thousand. 2003 um and it was primarily because i was signing a contract for a tv show and i knew absolutely nothing about it and i wanted to make sure i was maximizing my potential there Mm -hmm. um so he took care of that and actually never charged me a dime he charged the production company his fee Uh, so i got my fee and he added 10 percent onto that so it never touched anything i made which was classy and i thought uh Mm -hmm. very cool it wasn't a lot of money but it was uh it was enough for me to quit the job I was in and really pursue a uh, ring announcing. You know, I think it was like 36,000 bucks, which for me was life changing at the time. Oh yeah. And it allowed me to, to take a step in faith uh, and, and just trust that everything was going to work out, which, you know, it did initially. And then it didn't, you know, it's feast or famine in this game mm-hmm. and you definitely need to have a backup plan, you know, and I'm, I'm a, a bachelor of arts. I have a degree and it's, Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do was try to find a job, like a legit job. Yeah. You know, I, I, I dug holes, tied rebar, you know, laid concrete. I did anything I could to make a buck uh, because when I had signed on with this company called Guilty Boxing, we were doing shows, you know, 48 shows a year. So when the money was continuously flowing in, you don't really think about, well, what happens if this ends? Because that was my quote unquote only client at the time. And then, it, you know, it, it happened. You know, I got a phone call one weekend. Hey, we're not doing a show Friday. We're going to come back in two weeks. And then two weeks came and, hey, we're going to be back in two months. Uh, and the show actually never came back. So I was kind of on the shelf for a good six months wondering what the heck am I going to do now? Yeah. So. Oh, my Lord. You just briefly yeah. mentioned the TV show. What show was that? It was called The Next Great Champ. It was uh, a boxing show on Fox that absolutely tanked. But that tanking of the show also um, provided me another opportunity to call some color for that fight. Because once, once Fox dumped it, Fox sports picked it up and they said, well, we don't want just excerpts from the fight. We want the full, you know, three minute rounds. 
so I was able to go in the studio and sit with Chris Rose, and we um, we voiced over the whole fight. Just sat in front of a, a theater screen and, and called the action like as if it was live. And they said, "Can you do color?" And I said, "Yeah, of course I can do color. I don't say no. You know, there there isn't anything I'll say no uh, as to can I do something." Um, yeah. So I went for it and, and made some extra money, which was fantastic. There you go. Fortune favors the bold. Hey, come I, on now. <laughs> I used to be an engineer in uh, another lifetime. And my first ever boss told me, he goes, if somebody ever asks you something, if you can do it, just say yes. He goes, Google's around. Google will help you. Just say yes. Right. So well, that's how I finished my basement. I tell you what, man, <laughs> when I, when I found out how much it was going to cost to finish my basement, I quickly learned how to do everything. You know, yep. I built a, I built a shower from scratch, laying tile, mortar, you know, and you name it. I was doing it all. I wasn't paying 5,000 for this and that. It was just, I'll, I'll do it all. Honestly. Yeah, my dad yeah. told me the same thing. My dad's the oldest of 15 siblings, so he's like, bro, we had no money. We became experts at anything. <laughs> That's the way to go, man. Like, yeah, embrace the struggle. Embrace the struggle. Do you remember, speaking of struggles, your first ever ring gig, like announcing gig? Absolutely, I do. I, I couldn't tell you who was fighting, oh, but who? I remember where it was. I remember how it happened. I was actually announcing college basketball at the time, and the scoreboard operator worked for the commission in California, and he recommended me to a promoter who was doing a show in Maywood, California. And it was at a multi-purpose gym. You know, it was it was pretty much in the hood of East LA, which was freaking awesome because it was incredible. And I, I get there, he rented me a tux, paid me 200 bucks, and um, and that's where it began. And it was, it was super exciting. And actually, I even remember my first TV one. And I kind of goofed because I had called the referee. I didn't know him you know, personally at the time. But I called the referee by the name um, uh, Dr. Lou Moret. His name is James J. Kim. So we get in there and I get the microphone under his shoulder, uh, under his armpit. And he looks at me and he goes, it's Jen Kidd. I was like, oh, dude, I'm so, such a tool. I'm so sorry. You know? uh, but you know, it is the thing. Just, just being, I, I think it, it helps you to become uh, more in tune as well, to make mistakes because you, nobody wants to make mistakes. And if you can avoid becoming complacent, you'll tend to make fewer. So those were things that I had learned how to, to overcome. Was, look, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm human. Mm-hmm. But I had the ability to minimize those mistakes by being prepared. Of course. So actually, you now just kind of touch base on that, being prepared and stuff. I myself, as a comedian, have been heckled on stage before. And you have a mic. I, I doubt you get heckled because there's like bodyguards essentially everywhere around you being fighters, but has someone ever yelled yeah. something to you either on the way to the cage, on the way out of the cage, during your announcing? Oh, dude, bro, come on now. <laughs> of course. Please, give me dirt. Okay, so the number one thing I get, which adds on to my anxiety, is, uh, where's Bruce? How come Bruce, where's Bruce? Yeah. Um, and that's for UFC, which, I mean, hey, it's it's his his main gig, so that's, that's totally acceptable. But the worst one was like, hey, Jay Glazer, what? <laughs> Bro, I mean, I don't know how tall the guy is, but I'm, I'm six one. You know, is a bald headed guy with a goatee automatically just Jake Laser? You know, yo, so that one was kind of kind of ticked me off a little bit. I didn't even pay attention. I just kept walking. But you know what? For for the amount of heckling, there's so many appreciative fans that are just awesome. You know, it's 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 worth it. But you know what? To answer that even a little deeper, Justin. 
it, it's kind of the reason why I don't have social media, just because I don't like that stuff. I don't like people messaging me saying you suck. You'll never be, you know, you don't compare to Bruce. Bruce is the best, you know, and I just, I don't need to hear that stuff. I like positive things pouring into my life, which is why my Instagram is private. And if you want to be my friend and you request me and, and I'll bet you, you know, we'll go through the process. <laughs> well, Joe, after this, I'm going to add you on my personal account, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yes, Thank you, you sir. Just don't, don't heckle me. <laughs> of course not. Unless it's good stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll, plenty. Of course. I'll have you open for me at my shows when I go down to Georgia. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Squad goals. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know. This episode is brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's most trusted sports book with betting options available from every sport you can imagine. From futures and money line betting to real-time live betting during games, Sports Interaction offers its customers the most competitive odds in Canada. So head on over to our website and sign up today as Sports Interaction also has a nice deposit bonus on the link. It's available in every province from coast to coast. And now back to the show. So another thing when we're researching you, we call it professional stalking. It's just kind of our thing. You know, research, make sure everyone's like coming to the show. We saw that you were on the MLB The Show from PlayStation. How did that come about? 06 and 07. Yeah. Um, I was, well, I announced pro baseball for 22 years. And at one point they were coming up to our stadium mm-hmm. from San Diego and just recording some audio, just fan noise, crowd noise, B-roll stuff for, for audio. And I told the guy, I said, hey, if you ever are looking for a voice, I'd love to, you know, be a part of it. Fortune favors and, the ball. Uh, yeah. So I ended up getting a phone call. It was 500 bucks, dude. It wasn't like they were paying me top dollar, you know, but it was 500 bucks to come down and just say, home run. <laughs> That's a double. It was just simple one-liners. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. It was cool. And I owned a couple copies of the game at, at one point, but yeah, it's not very widely known. Uh, I think that it was a part of that. So did you record it just once or did you go back next season for? No, no, one? it was one time and they, they used the same, the same audio for the next season. And I actually called the guy and said, Hey, do I get paid again? You know, <laughs> <laughs> because you're using my stuff. No, you actually, you signed away your rights. So, uh, yeah, your 500 bucks, I hope will go a long ways, Joe. a month. (laughs) So Kobe just messaged, wanted me to ask about uh, and the Kingdom TV show. Okay. So tell us a little about that. Unknown, probably fact. I was actually on two episodes of that. Uh, I believe I was in season, I want to say season one, and then the finale of the series. Okay. And it was just, I think it was one of those things of just being available. I was, I believe, living... I want to say I was living in my motorhome at the time, traveling the country, and we happened to be in California. And Mike Beltran's a good friend of mine, a uh, referee, and he had recommended me for the show before it had even aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe, Joe Stevenson, Joe Daddy Stevenson. But they had ended up going with another another guy who could do all of them, I guess. And um, I was I was available. They were moving in another direction for that series finale, which nobody knew was a series finale at the time. And, uh, and I got the gig and it was freaking great, man. I'm a foodie. And if you've never been on a movie set or a TV show set, when you're a principal on it, you're not eating a bad lunch. I mean, you're full on chef, you yeah. know, prepared meals. And, uh, I would get there first thing in the morning cause it's an eight hour shoot and then you get overtime for anything after that. But I'm, I'm not missing a meal no. when it's like that. So I was happy to be a part of that. You get your own little trailer, you sit in your room and, they come knock on you, Mr. Martinez, we're ready for you. 
you know, and I'm there for, you know, a ring announcer's role is, is going to be cut to pretty much nothing. But, you know, my time in the cage was very minimal for the three days, but the food was, uh, still worth it. Absolutely worth it. Joe, that's a hundred percent. Uh, actually all three of us. So the person who's talking to you, me, uh, Kobe and uh, myself, we're all actors as well. And, uh, we've been on a fair share of sets that have been, we've been principals for, and so you can totally relate. Do you know who Jim Jeffries is by chance? That sounds familiar. He's an Australian comedian. Okay. On I'll look him up. No. Uh, um, I was in, I was flown out to LA to go watch his TV show and I was considered a VIP guest. Even though I wasn't on the show, I was still like essentially principal guy. I walked through those doors. I had an assistant next to me the whole time. I had like a tray of food. I like, it was Thanksgiving and it was like on a Tuesday. It was, oh my gosh. <laughs> you, you, and it makes you feel like, well, of course you feel like you matter, but it makes me feel a little bit uh, of a burden for the others that are getting the sack lunch. Uh, because I'm a giver. I like to, I like to share everything with people. Um, and I just felt a little bit guilty at times because it's time to break for lunch and, you know, the, the, the extras, you know, the, the fake judges that are there are going to eat the sack lunch and I'm going back to eat the big meal. And I said, guys, I can't wait for lunch. And they're like, well, what is it? Like a tuna sandwich or ham and cheese? I said, oh man, it's, it's going to be great watch. And then they never show up. And then I come back and I'm like, where were you guys at lunch? I'm like, yeah, we don't get to eat that. Oh man. Sorry guys. Oh, yeah, those are, those are kind of humbling experiences in itself. So with your work with Invicta, I do have a question about this. Do you, uh, do you, do you have any eyes on, on any of the fighters coming up that are going to make it to the UFC and you know, you should watch out for this one or somebody who's like really good in development? Uh, I, I think anybody that becomes a champ over there is going to definitely go to UFC. Gosh, to pull names out and just throw them at you right now, I couldn't, but I mean, you just look at the, the crop that's come through, you know, from Michelle Waterson, Cyborg was there, mm-hmm. uh, Rose, you know, Nama Yunus was there. We've just had so much talent come through. It's kind of like a WEC for women. Right. Um, it, and it's done so well. Shannon Knapp is, is brilliant. She really takes care of her fighters. And I think she's very well respected in the community, in the MMA community. And I, I would just love to see that promotion just explode you know and 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 have a fan base to it because right now she's just doing local shows in kansas city and maybe pulls in a couple hundred bands a show you know since the pandemic ended and we can actually have people uh, on site but man it's been a 10-year run and yeah there's there's some talent coming up to throw a name at you right now i couldn't off the top of my head but but yeah be on the lookout of course do you watch the pfl at all uh, i do I did their first season mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it. Just a, a really solid, solid staff over there. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm a big race, race guy. We got along very well. I think he's the only fight minded individual there, mm-hmm. which, which really matters because he, he gets it. He knows the sport. And unfortunately, I think at the time, it was just a lot of people, a lot of cheeks, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. And really, nobody that was first in actual combat. Okay. So you had, you know, execs coming from from different uh, areas of professional uh, lines of work that really didn't weren't in touch with with a fighter's needs or or developing a fan base, but maybe trying to build a brand at 
first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ray Cooper, really good person. Just great to my kids, uh, to my daughter and Lance Palmer. I mean, known him since before, you know, when he was at Ohio state and I root for these guys still to this day, you know, and I've always said, don't, I don't, I don't like becoming friends with fighters, which is not true because I do, because we're in a very small uh, fraternity uh, together. But, and the reason why is because, you know, you, you get gutted when you see them lose, you know, you don't want to see your friends lose. Of course but not. It's just, it's just part of the game. And, and they understand it's a business too, but having to announce your friend's loss. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a, bit of a downer a little bit. Yeah. So I, just, I stay, I stay impartial inside there. I don't show any favoritism. At least I hope I don't show that. None that I've seen or that Kobe seen. Do you think the PFL will continue to grow as rapidly as it has been? I hope it does. I mean, I'm, I know Lauren Mack, he's their uh, media relations guy. And it seems to be he's putting out press releases constantly of them signing on with this guy or that guy. Alex Rodriguez is now on board with it. So financially, I hope it can stay afloat. But man, I tell you what, bro, they were they were spending some bucks, mm-hmm. you know, to fly us everywhere. And if you wanted a car come pick you up, then you just had a car come pick you up. And, and you invoiced it all. I never did that. I never felt like it was necessary, but I know some people did. But because I wanted it to succeed, and I felt like if I'm taking money out of their pockets, then you know I'm taking money out of someone else's pocket when I can definitely handle this myself. You know, some things that I can take care of myself, I, I felt like were unnecessary. But uh, they're still around, bro. So hopefully they can continue to, to go. Yeah. Forward. I, I hope so too. I mean, Kobe and I enjoy watching it. We enjoy the format. Just even the cameras itself are really cool. The ref cams. Oh my gosh. Uh, Eagle FC kind of took us by surprise when it was, when it came out. I'm like, Oh, Khabib's, uh, which is, it is what it is. Uh, I don't want to take up too, too much more of your time, but I do have one question before we get to the final exit part of our, our show. Frank Guilio, if I said that name correctly, how is he off screen? Uh, didn't really have much of a relationship with him, but, but seemed to be quite respectful. Um, it was, you know, a handshake. Thank you so much for doing this type of, of, of scene, which was, is nice. I mean, you, you always like to be thanked, I guess, uh, for, for showing up to do something, but just that he took time to say, thank you. You know, I mean, you're talking like he's pretty much a, an A-lister that took a minute to say hello. And that was, I was pretty grateful for that. There you go. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, so before we get going, there's a few things we have to ask, that I like to ask anyways. Uh, number one, especially because you're not from Canada, have you ever had a poutine? You say booty? <laughs> no, poutine. Poutine. No, I'm not sure. I don't so, think so. So a poutine is a Canadian dish that's uh, French okay. fries, cheese curds, and hot gravy on top. Oh, that's dangerous, bro. Oh, it gets that's better. Because over here in Toronto... We customize it so you can add bacon. You can swap that out with cheese, like different types of cheese. You can have different types of gravy, mushroom or beef based. It's uh, it packs on the calories. Maple syrup, maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I actually just started counting calories, and I, and I was adding those up in my head as you were talking. I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. That's like eight hours of cardio. <laughs> it is pretty bad. I thought one of my friends trying to come up with like a diet version. He's like, all right. So my fries are in an air fryer, my mushroom, my beef or my gravy is mushroom based and I have lactose free cheese. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you what, if I make it up there, we'll hook up and we will go get some poutine. I will buy you a hundred percent. 
Sounds good. I'm a jelly bean nut. I love jelly beans. Uh, I love chocolate covered jelly beans. I used to actually be 240 pounds and I cut to 170 and now I'm bulking up to 190 right now. So it's 240 heavy. I'm 230. Uh, well, it depends on, I'm six one. So I was, <laughs> I didn't hide it. Well. So <laughs> okay. I had no muscle. I was six one and just like fat, but you look yeah. like you have muscle. So yeah. I hate my weight and muscle does weigh a lot more than fat. So sure. I, I did on it. Working on it. Yeah. I had fat, not muscle at all. <laughs> it was grotesque. I know where my six pack is. I just can't see it yet. There you well, go. Uh, well, someday. <laughs> <laughs> I had a six pack once for like two and a half weeks and it was brutal. It, no. Good for photos. Nothing else. Yeah. Are you part of any uh, sort of organization or affiliation in terms of that you want to kind of shout out or anything on the podcast? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Uh, watch the UFC. If you've never <laughs> heard of UFC, be sure to tune in. On June 18th in Austin, Texas. Oh, I'll give a shout out to Polaris Jiu Jitsu. These guys are rad. They're over in the UK, and uh, I just started doing shows for them. We have one coming up June 24th or 5th in Wales. Ooh. And it's the United States versus Brazil, which will be really cool. It's going to have a secret fight on it. Uh, they don't call it a fight, a secret grapple. It's Ben Henderson, and I can't think of the other one, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a special, it's a special fight. So that should be fun. You heard it here first. Yeah, those guys are, are great. I'd love to see them do some big things. They're on UFC Fight Pass as well. Perfect. We love that. For everyone who legally watches and streams all MMA, thank you. I'm just saying. No illegal stuff happening here. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Sports Podcasters not endorse that. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience where no sport is left behind.